And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are discussing religion. I, I have a quote from the Dalai Lama. This is my simple religion. There is no need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart is our temple. The philosophy is kindness. And just a little context for why I wanted to talk about this. I recently posted a video of Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he was on Chelsea Handler, I think. But he was asked if he believed in God, and he didn't really answer the question. Um, he did something similar to what what I do when I'm asked that question. He kind of defined the, the term and then said, based on your definition of the term, I can then answer if I believe that or not. And How did he define the term? I'm just kind of curious. because Well, I he, he, right. He went on, uh, he started talking, his, his basic premise was that in the West, the major idea of, of God is that there is a being that is all-powerful and all-good. And he his basic idea was that he doesn't see evidence for those two things being true. So he talked about tornadoes and, and tsunamis and these terrible things. And he says when he sees those things in the world, he sees that as evidence that God is either, if there is a God, that it's either not all-powerful or not all-good. Right. Uh, okay. So, and it was, it, it seemed pretty uncontroversial to me when, when I watched it, but when I posted it, I got some interesting feedback um, from some of my more religious family members and, and friends, uh, basically getting, getting offended by it. But the interesting thing about it was they basically said exactly what he said Hmm. they just i think they just didn't like it coming from uh a scientist if if that makes sense because they Hmm. basically got defensive about well no one said god was all powerful and that um a tsunami is science and 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 kind of went off on that kind of tangent which is exactly what he said Hmm. so it, it was just it 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 triggered me wanting to d- discuss this because I feel like this is often what what happens in religious debates is that uh, there could be a lot of agreements but people kind of get get stuck on the the words as opposed to trying to understand what what's the deeper meaning of what's being said and felt and expressed yeah Yeah, I definitely have experienced that when I've gotten into conversations about religion and spirituality um, with different people and just kind of depending on people's backgrounds and and, and I think how, because we're all, you know, in a lot of ways creatures of our conditioning, kind of depending on their views, you know, you can see people um, struggling to hear people who are not or don't define themselves as religious um, having a concept of God that doesn't include religious doctrine. Um, I think it's difficult when you have been, you know, really conditioned to view it and raised to view it as one way um, and is very rigid, which I think, you know, depending on the religion, a lot of religions, there's, there's a kind of strict doctrine around what God is and kind of defining what that looks like to 
um, you know, to worship God, to, to connect with God. And so I think it's hard for people who have been taught one way to see that people who, you know, have don't really have that same, you know, um, religious background defining God and, and still having kind of a concept of, of, of God. So I think that I, I see that there's kind of a, that there can be a defensiveness around kind of feeling like there's an ownership of the concept of God for people who are very, very religious. Right. And I see that actually uh, with both believers and people who subscribe to a specific religion and those who don't because I I what what you said I, I see all the time but I also see um, a lot of non-believers um, I don't want to say I sometimes it's attacking but just having conversations where they are making a lot of assumptions based on what they think someone of a specific religion believes and how that they express their faith which I think causes a lot of lot of issues as well because yeah. yeah it's a it's a it might seem like a singular religion but the way people practice and um, express their faith within any religion is going to be incredibly diverse and mm-hmm. unique to each individual yeah I think you're right I, I think that's really good to point out that there's there's judgment on on both sides kind of um you know where seeing it as one way and kind of not being able to really um you know see the more more nuanced expression of of religion which is a lot of what people's experiences and people's personal experiences um you know and it's interesting to me too because i think that you know there's there's a challenge with even having conversations about religion and spirituality. I think that it's, it's one of those topics that we're, that we oftentimes kind of don't have the words to really explore in a meaningful way with each other because of how we're either conditioned to view it as, you know, extremely important and kind of the rules of, of the world, or we're, we're, we're conditioned to view it as, as, you know, and judging it in a negative way and kind of being outside of it for people who are, are non-believers. But I think that either way that that conditioning leads people to not having really mindful, open discussions and really being able to see that, um, you know, at the basis of a lot of religious and spiritual beliefs is similar connections and, and values that I think a lot of people can, can connect with. Right. I think for me, the most mindful conversations I have on the topic always start with questions as opposed to accusations or um, expressing the way I feel. Like I always start if someone at, if someone were to ask me if I believe in God, I would always ask them what what their de- definition was so that I could actually understand what because my my natural instinct living in America is to, to say no because I don't believe in the, the the i guess the traditional concept of a of a humanized male god figure but mm-hmm. that's not the definition for a, a, a ton of of people so me assuming that that's the definition when someone uh asks me is kind of 
it's it's limiting and I'm, I'm missing an opportunity. And I think the other thing it does is a lot of people really also ha- haven't thought about it. I don't think a lot of people sit there and think, what what is my personal definition of of God? They just know they right. believe or they know they, they don't. And I, I find it, it helps the conversation move in a mindful place because they're, in a way, often thinking about it for the first time. And I've engaged something creative and, and you know, and spontaneous kind of in them so it sets the conversation to a mindful tone as opposed to shutting it down with no or moving to an accusation instead of answering the question which is Mm -hmm. what i see mostly happen right right i i could see that though i could imagine that conversation because the first thing that came to my mind when you said that you'll ask them what their definition of god is is that a lot of people wouldn't have an answer necessarily that they're able to like verbally articulate. And so I wonder like, how, how does that even go? If someone, you know, if like you ask that question and someone's like, huh, you know, I don't know that anyone's asked me that. And I don't even know if I know exactly what my concept is. You know, I just kind of wonder like, where, where does that conversation go? And I also think it does still take a, a degree of mindfulness for people to, be even willing to have that conversation. Right. And talk about like, well, what is my concept of, of God? What does that mean to me? And I think what, what I like about asking that question when I have these conversations is because I I don't think I've ever had anyone have a a direct answer, but it ends up being a, a conversation, almost seeking the answer together. Yeah. And then it becomes about more, more nuanced it, it's it makes it more complicated in a way and i feel when people acknowledge that things are complicated as a po- as opposed to singular and, and simplistic there is more forgiving and there's more um searching for understanding because a lot of times if they don't have an answer they'll ask me and then i'll kind of start talking and then they'll say yeah i be- i believe that part and elaborate or they'll say no i don't i don't and there's different kinds of people sometimes they don't want to have the conversation um and and that's fine especially i i find it it depends on how people kind of express their religion because i see kind of there's many more than two groups but i kind of can put people in two groups just for the the sake of of conversation is that some people kind of their sense of religion is very much the quote I read at the beginning where it's more about being kind and religion being a way to teach them morals and and compassion and and empathy. And another group that I engage with quite often, they, they believe in that, but that the number one is this kind of idea that they'll they'll be saved um, in, in heaven or in the afterlife or whatever it is. And that, to do that, the only way that happens is if you worship their God. And people in that group, it's a, it's a harder conversation because their focus is often on trying to save you and trying to convince you that their way is is the only way. And that's the same. It's the same with when we talk about politics. That those conversations 
often are, are leading nowhere. But there are a good portion of people who it is that compassion and that empathy and, and that those moral values that are at the core of why they believe and practice whatever religion they are. And those people, uh, I, I find it worth finding a way to have really deep, mindful conversations because it, it doesn't just help me understand them. It helps me understand me and and what I believe and, and my experiences that I've had with spirituality and, and religion in general. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the, the, what you're talking about brings up a quote that I wanted to share around religion and spirituality. So it's a good time to, to share this quote. So this is from Lala Delia. Um, when you release religion to encounter spirituality, you see the divine in others and you see yourself more clearly with less and less judgments. So that quote to me really is kind of a, a, it really kind of defines in a lot of ways my views on religion and spirituality that I think that they're, they're very different things in a lot of ways. And, and um, you can be very religious and you can have a very strong connection to religion and um, also have an open spirituality that, that leads you to not judging others who have a different religious background than you as, as other or as different. And I think that that's kind of one of the challenges that we're in right now in the world is that we've become very, very tribal. And so we're in this place where we're really trying to kind of judge, judge people as other and put people into different boxes. And I think that unfortunately religion has become one of the tools, um, to do that and for people to kind of use that as a as a way as a way to kind of justify judging others and and I think that you know when you're able to go beyond the religious belief system and view it from a more spiritual more mindful perspective those judgments melt away um and so I think that that's you know for me something because I was you know I was raised um with a, with a religious background and a religious um, awareness, but also not with the judgment that this is the one way and I have to save others and teach them this way. There was an openness of this is our way and this is how we connect with the, divi the divine, with God and our, our definition of God. And there's also many other ways. And, um, you know, and so I think that that's kind of that's what that quote brings up for me. Yeah, and I, th I think it's important too. And what what the quote and what you just talked about uh, just remind me of is that throughout the entire history of man, religion and spirituality has existed and been very dominant. And it it's something that isn't innately human. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, just on on it being a tool, it's the same as mindfulness. It's the same as as it's the same as anything that humans create is all of it is a tool and the way we use it is is up to us and we can use it to create and, and connect and empathize or we can use it to destroy and, and discriminate and, and separate ourselves from one another yeah. but in religion it seems like it's such a part of the other with there being so many and people kind of clinging to their specific religion so much but 
for me at the end of the day the the thing that's being expressed at, at the core through religion and spirituality is not necessarily unique it's something we all kind of yearn for whether we want to acknowledge it or not because i know a lot of very hardcore skeptics and atheists who have no interest in anything spiritual or religious but they'll love nature or they'll just be awe-inspired by science and and to me that that that's your spirituality that's the thing that connects you to others and and to to the world and to just something that feels bigger than yourself right yeah i mean i think you, just as you were talking about that it, it brings up to me that really since we've been on this planet, I think man has used religion and spirituality as a way to kind of explain and understand the world around us and those things that we can't explain. You know, nature is one of those things that, you know, there's a lot, we can't explain so much of it and we're, we're so awe-inspired by it and we feel that connection and whether you have the words to express it or not, it, it, it touches you in a way that, that we don't, we don't really, we, we don't have, have data to kind of figure out why that is. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, really has been at the basis of, of religion and, and spiritual exploration is this, this seeking of kind of understanding um, the world around us and, and a way to connect with a way to connect with it and, and with each other. Um, yeah. I, for, it's interesting because I, I, I actually don't know how, how I feel about this, but part of me thinks that, or is just curious that it seems like religion and, and spirituality are actually less prominent now in, in ways um, than they, they were in, in the past. And it's, so I, I was in, I was in Sedona um, over the weekend and one of my favorite things about Sedona is that it's a, a clear sky uh, town. Um, it's ranked one of the top places in the world to see the stars. And at night, it's just awe-inspiring. And, and every time I see it, I think, this is what people used to see every day, anywhere in, in the world. And so few people today see that. And I wonder if the world would be different if they they did and i expressed this and i was challenged slightly that well even when that time existed there was still war and there was still um slavery and all these all these terrible things and in my mind i thought yes that's that's completely true but i wonder if it would be different now with the knowledge that we have because you you were talking about religion in the past was really, and it still is really a way to explain things we don't understand so that we feel that, that deeper connection in a, in a lot of ways. And we're coming into a time where we understand more and more and more. And I guess I fear that we will start to lose that curiosity as we maybe stop questioning as much or stop being as awe-inspired um, because I just know a lot of people who wouldn't even be awe-inspired by that um, and they're just very comfortable in kind of their city lives separated from the the earth and and kind of their surroundings and 
it's yeah. fine. It just it it shapes a very specific kind of worldview that is less connected to the the earth. And I think that that connection to the earth is is a primal part of spirituality and religion, no matter what religion you practice or subscribe to or or don't. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that primal connection to the earth is is important for valuing the earth and for how we we treat the earth and how we treat each other and how we connect and so i think that that you're right that when we become so so disconnected you know i think that we lose a lot of that kind of an innate protective factor that that we have had as humans being you know being on this planet and feeling like it's it's our responsibility to take good care of it. I think that when we, when we get so separated from actually, you know, finding our spirituality in, in nature and then looking up at the stars, when you told that story about Sedona, um, it, it actually reminded me so much of the first time I ever in my life saw like a bright, clear sky. I remember it so vividly. I was a kid and I was like in upstate New York and, you know, growing up in Chicago my whole life, I'd never seen anything like that. And it was just the most, like, awe-inspiring thing. And, I mean, I could just still feel what that felt like, you know, this is 20-some years later. And so thinking about we don't we don't have a lot of those opportunities anymore. And But we're, you know, we've also become inundated with so many other things, with, with technology and with devices and with connecting in these other it's like they're more artificial ways, but they're also more tangible. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I think that there, you know, there's something that it's like you don't have to spend hours meditating to kind of feel that like experience of of connecting with somebody online. It's it's immediate. You can, you know, it it it's reliable. Um, and so I think that we're we're kind of getting into a point where we're really seeing our you know, humankind really kind of shifting with what we're looking at, how we're spending our time. You know, I joke around with people, but I, I think there is a little bit of like truth to this that, you know, if you look back, you know, a hundred, you know, a couple centuries later, we're going to see a shift in how humans evolved and like how our ears looked and our brain, you know, like at it, 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 this kind of space where we are right now with technology. So I think we're just in a period where we don't really know how to you know, enjoy the new knowledge that we have and, and all of these new things, but also keep that connection to those really important innate primal, um, you know, sources of, of, of spirituality, you know? And also I think that one difficulty is that where spirituality doesn't really do this, I think that religion um, throughout history has also been used as a tool for political um, advancement, discord, you know, it, it's been used politically. And so I think that that's a lot of times why we kind of tend to see that there's a lot of wars and, and, and things over history and a lot of kind of, um, you know, extreme, you know, where there's been genocide around religion in the past. And I think that, you know, if you look at spirituality, that's completely disconnected from the, the, the innate connection that we all feel as humans when we, you know, when we actually, view each other from a spiritual place, but that's coming from more of a politically driven um, religious doctrine that I think has unfortunately muddied, you know, the, the people's experience of actually 
you know, of, of, of connecting spiritually. I think sometimes people, because they've been, um, they've experienced so many negative um, experiences because of, of more religious doctrine that they're, they tend to shy away from spirituality and kind of link those two. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a big difference looking at the history too, of when power and politics started playing a role, because if you look at kind of ancient, ancient religions, when those political structures weren't as dominant, there was still like wars and between tribes and and all, all those things. But the religions seem to have a focus on, how do I want to say this on just a, a pre, I don't want to say appreciation on, yeah, I guess it is a appreciation and, and, and celebration and understanding of what the result of their actions are. Mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. like hunting in, in, in a lot of native American cultures, just honoring the, the, the animals that, that you kill for food. It doesn't stop you from needing to eat those animals to survive. But right. I, I think, there's a huge difference when you do that and you want know where your food's coming from and what actually it entails. I think that goes back to, it's interesting because there is so much technology and we know so much. And yet there seems to be less, I don't, I don't know if there's less, if it's always like this, but it seems to be that for a lot of people, the curiosity is, is lacking. Um, and there isn't a real, there isn't a real curiosity. There's a, I want answers for what I need to know and everything else I just do. Like with, I think with smartphones and all those things, people are more engaged with it than an understanding how it, how it works or how that even with like our food now, so many people don't, don't want to know where their food's coming from. There's just a curiosity because they, they know there's a disconnect and we're going on a different topic with, with all that stuff. But I think there's a lot of now realizing that there's a, a disconnect, which I think, so much of it is rooted spiritually and we realize that sometimes it's easier not to know or, or not to be curious because then it is going to challenge kind of the norms in which we've established for ourselves. Right. Right. I don't, I don't really know why, why I'm even talking about that, but it's just what I thought of. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I think it is, I think it is connected. It's making me actually think about um, a new show that's on American Gods on stars kind of talks about, I don't know if you've watched it, but, and no. there's a, there's a book, it's a Neil Gaiman book as well. Um, but it, it, it talks about this and it kind of talks about the old gods versus the new gods of like technology and, and, and the internet and media and how we, what are we losing when we're disconnecting from from those things, you know, and, and like you said, even just that spirituality of knowing, it's like, I think there was a curiosity that we, 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 we've become conditioned to just kind of like get the knowledge and then move on. You know, it's like, find the facts, be able to say, okay, I got it. I don't know if it's, you know, if it's ego based, cause we want to just, there's so much that we can know. And so I don't know if we're all just like, hoarding facts to like, you know, share and, and, and be able to feel, you know, like we know things, but there's a lack of kind of that deeper curiosity that I think that, um, you know, this, this kind of quick paced environment that we live in now where everything is at your fingertips, 
that we lose. Mm-hmm. And I do think uh, I'm I'm hopeful, and this is my own bias and what uh, I believe spiritually, um, but people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and Bill Nye and these kind of influ- influential kind of scientists now coming forward and kind of creating a, a narrative of linking not not religion and science because I, I I think that it's very clear that mostly religion and science are, are incompatible because specifically religion kind of holds on to ritual and um, belief systems based on ancient times and has a problem uh, adapting right. but I think spirituality within whatever religion you are or or not um, is very can can be very much enhanced and connected by science yeah. and i think that's where the, the the future of spirituality really is just going back to just me seeing the stars in sedona is them by themselves are 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 inspiring but for me what what took it to that new level was my knowledge that all those stars that I'm seeing are just a handful of stars in our own galaxy. And I'm seeing other, other planets. And some of those stars have planets all around them that could harbor life and all these things that, that, that I didn't, that people in in the past didn't know. And it's that knowing that makes it for me even more inspiring and more of a, a, a spiritual experience. Yeah. <sighs> I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm tr- thinking about the stars now. I'm just like, I know, right? I'm, I'm not going to be over for a long time. Spend, I need to get out of the city and go go see some stars again because it, it 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 does it it you you feel something in a different way than you do. And also, I, I do I agree that that coupled with the knowledge that we have of science now and about what that means and how small we really, really are in the, in the grand scheme of things is just like, it's pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting within, in mindfulness. And I think it's important for anyone who's, who's practicing to know those spaces for yourself that instantly connect you. And, Mm -hmm. It was interesting because I went to the the, the vortex in Sedona. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've been to uh, a, a vortex. And for those who don't know, the vortexes they just say it's a it's a it's a space of very strong spiritual and meditative energy, and it has mm-hmm. to do scientifically. It's it it has to do with um, the the elements in the ground and the magnetic fields and, and things like that. And I was told a lot of people go and they like actually. feel feel have sensations they'll have numbness or they'll feel kind of like the vibration and and we got there and i was like i i I really didn't feel anything i mean i was on a huge mountain overlooking all of sedona so it was just awe-inspiring and gorgeous and i felt at at peace and and all this thing just from what i was seeing and it was just the the temperature was was perfect so all of that stuff yeah Um, but i i didn't feel anything and then i walked down the hike and as i was walking away i then started feeling it because i started 
not having the same amount of calm and nothing was really changing the environment except for I was walking down a different path. The view was the same. So yeah. it was interesting that when I was there, uh, and it may just be because I, I meditate so much that I naturally feel very comfortable in that kind of spiritual meditative energy. I don't know that I just kind of relaxed into it until it was gone. I didn't realize, uh -huh. but it, I found that interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because <laughs> I had an interesting experience where I didn't expect, I didn't know that, that people felt this like energy there. And so when I was there, I was in there, I was there in February and um, I felt it and I felt like this buzzing in my bones. And it was only when we were out and about, it wasn't when we were in the hotel or anything, but just in town. But I totally thought it was my MS symptoms. And I was like, well, oh, this is weird. Am I like flaring here? And then I, <laughs> and then I realized like when I kind of noticed that it was when I would go out and be out and about. And then when we were up, we went to the chapel of the Holy cross there. And like, we were up on that mountain and I felt it even more intensely. And I was like, Oh, this is what they're talking about with the energy thing. But it was interesting where I didn't, I, I totally thought it was something else. Uh, yeah. I think that goes back to the, the original quote that I shared about, um, your your heart being your temple um and i think it's it's important to know those to just take note of those experiences and the, the spaces where you do connect so easily because you know i will meditate for an hour in my apartment and be nowhere as centered and at peace as i was within 30 seconds of looking at the stars and Sedona and yeah. you, and you know that and you have those and though that space can be a church it can be yeah. a, a temple it can be a library it could be anywhere in nature it could be anywhere it's just I think important to note those places where you do feel a, a spiritual connection so mm -hmm. that when you notice that you are lacking that connection or struggling to find that connection you know the places that'll help you find it Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important is taking note of those places and, and, and making an effort to really go back and spend time in those places mindfully, you know, without your devices, without your phone, without worrying about documenting, but just allowing yourself time to do it. Cause I think a lot of times we know what feels good and we know, you know, we know those things and we felt those moments, but we get so caught up in everything that we're doing that we just, don't take the time for it. And so I think just taking the time to sit under that tree in the park or whatever it is where you really just feel that, that connection, even if it's just for five minutes, you know, it's amazing what, what nature can do. Right. So our homework assignment, and if you have your own, you can give it as well. But um, what I would like is for everyone to just off of that, just let, think about it and, express where that place is for you or where those places are. And you can share a story of where you feel very spiritually connected. I like I that. That's it. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> and if you have any questions about uh, just religion and, and, and mindfulness, leave those as well, or experiences with engaging mindfully with people, any recommendations, they're always, I know, helpful for the community um, on Facebook, on our group, and that's Mindfulness in Action, Civil Discourse. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week. Have a great week.